Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your pilot, Daniel French. This episode brings you a submission from listener Stephen Chisholm. The beginning of a story he calls Corporate Punishment. This is episode one, The Setup. You are now a fly on the wall in a large windowless office furnished with an ornate wooden desk and leather chairs. To one side of the desk is a glass sound booth containing a metal table with various microphones and recording equipment on it, a metal chair in front of it, and on that chair sits a man in a suit. Subject number 2496G. G, when did we start putting letters in these things? And what happened to A through E? You mean A through F? Well, who are you? How long have you been standing there? I'm your new secretary, and I have Sal's on the phone. Oh, well, hello there. Hi, I have Sal's on the phone. They say they're fresh out of Capicolo. Rapo, what a who? Your former secretary said you like the spicy Italian from Sal's, but they're out of the Capicolo. Is that? <laughs> Never mind, I'm not hungry. So, should I just hang up? Yes, please, and thank you. As I was saying. Subject 249. Who are you talking to? I... Weren't you told not to ask questions? Just thought it was strange you were talking to yourself is all. I'm not talk. This is classified work, Secretary. You're not even supposed to... Ah, what the hell. It's not as if you can just up and leave this place. What's that? Nothing. Nothing. You know what? My report might look better with some accompanying penmanship. They're always reprimanding me for my incoherence. How about you take a seat and try to write down everything I say, okay? But I'm supposed to report to HR to comb through the staff directory in 15 minutes. This will be done before that. This is just the first entry, so it's unlikely it will last that long. Besides, this will probably only be a one-time thing. Well, okay. Now... <clears throat> Subject number 2496G. Connie Bozeman. Hair color, black. Eyes, brown. Glasses required for corrected vision. Height, non-threatening. Date, Monday, October 3rd, time 2.46 p.m. Location, Rackmark, aisle 6. Whoa, who's this now? Me? Subject 2496G. Connie Bozeman. Who? How are we seeing through her eyes? Spy camera implanted in her glasses. Does she know? Does she know we're watching? Of course not. One of our agents posed as an optometrist. Snuck this microscopic gadget in her frames without her knowledge. An invasion of ivacy, eh? What is this? W what is going on? Easy now, Secretary. Hold off your questions for now. I just need to get through this bit. Connie is approaching a lone customer. It appears the customer is... What's this? 
Ooh. Oh, God. No. Ma'am? Excuse me, ma'am? I'm going to need you to stop sampling the razors. What you say? The razors, ma'am. You can't take them out of the packages. And you certainly can't try them out on your parts without buying them first. How am I supposed to know if the dang things is sharp enough? It's company policy. Products are not to be removed from their packaging. Well, and that's a policy you're going to have to do away with if y'all want us happy customers coming back. I'll be sure to relay your grievances to corporate. In the meantime, I'm going to have to ask you to pay for the goods you've damaged and direct you to gardening. You need some hedge clippers for what's going on down there. Come again. I, uh, coupon clippers. Our flyers have some great coupons. I'd be happy to find you a discount, but you will have to pay for the razors. Whoa, this kid has some balls. Look at that tuft of pubes dancing across the aisle like a tumbleweed at high noon. This place is about to turn into the OK Corral. Secretary, it's the AK Corral. And how's about we hush up and watch this play out, okay? What? Pay for... Y'all expect me to... How can y'all... You, you guys the ones selling these good-for-nothing razors. I won't pay y'all a cheap skates on a dime. Ma'am, we aren't allowed to reshelve the units you've used on your... Um, the, the razors you've used on yourself. Well, and we'll see what my husband, a police officer, has to say about y'all's daffy demands. Ma'am, we're not done here. <sighs> Ma'am! Oof, rough work. I've done time in retail. These types are always hitched to some sort of law enforcer. I once dealt with a customer who was trying to smuggle out individually wrapped slices of cheese in his underpants. Strangest part was he unwrapped each individual slice in the process. There was a group of us sent after him, but none of us wanted to be the one to frisk him. So it was a slow pursuit. Turns out the man was the husband of a district attorney or some... Wait. Shh. She's reporting to the manager's office now. Did you deal with the crisis in aisle six? You mean Bick Jagger? Yeah, she's gone like a rolling stone. And she's reimbursed us for our tainted product. A sensible woman is her? Of course she paid for the merchandise. Miss Bozeman, sarcasm is not befitting of an assistant manager. We are dealing with currency. Losing money is not a laughing matter. Well, I'm certain you can chase her down by that trail of slime and stray pubes she left in her wake if you're that intent on getting the money. Watch it, Connie. Corporate's just a phone call away. Right. Say, since you're currently not busy, perhaps you can check on the loiterer in the bicycle aisle? There's someone in the bicycle aisle? That place usually has more vacancy than deliverance in. Over here, on camera eight. That guy? He's dressed like some Victorian shadow monster. Honey. Right. Well, don't act surprised when that man crawls through this door wearing my skin as a leotard. Must you be so dramatic? Just get out there and do your job. You at least have a crucifix I can borrow? Okay, mm. okay, I'm going. I really don't like that manager guy. Looks like some sort of post-nuclear wizard with that patchy neck fur. Oh, secretary, don't get hung up on that. Here comes my favorite part. And what's that? 
that loiterer, the one in the bike aisle, that's one of ours. That man on the monitor in the velvet frock? Why is he dressed like that? Very Sherlock Holmes, wouldn't you say? More like Sherlock Holmes-less. Yeah, he's a bit eccentric. A little bit eccentricity mixed with a dash of Dresden Files fanfic. He's a good guy. Had a nice chat with him about the economic impact of the WWE during our holiday party. Did you know when Goldust beat Marty Jannetty in his debut match in 95, the price of gold increased by 110% the next day? That... That can't be right, but I'm still not sure what all this is about. I feel like John Cusack from that movie where he's in that bald guy's head. Ah, yes. America's Sweethearts. Great flick. But watch, watch, watch. Stu's about to work his magic. To be frank, I'd rather not watch Stu work anything. (laughs) Sir, can I help you find anything? You know what I like about bicycles. They require balance. Much like society, wouldn't you say? Go too far in one direction, and you're bound to topple over. I apologize, but we're not permitted to discuss politics, sir. No, 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 I didn't mean... Well, I suppose that did sound like the intro to a non-partisan tirade, hmm? What brings you to the bike rack? Straight to business, I see. I like your gumption. Yes, I am looking for a bike for my... Nephew. How old is your nephew? Uh, uh, 38. He's turning 38. Hmm. Is he going to commute to work with it? Oh, no, 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 no. Mostly uh, go hang out with his uh, friends. He says he's in some sort of biker gang or something. (laughs) Huh. Okay. Something tells me he won't be too keen with these cruiser bikes here. Let's see. How about we move on down the line and check out the BMX models? A bicycle for his 38-year-old gangbanger nephew? He didn't have a better story queued up? Huh? It's field agent stuff. You wouldn't understand, Secretary. Quiet. Here, Rambler's a popular model. And of course, it comes in adult sizes. Think something like this would match his taste? A seat? Mm, Yes. A handlebar with one, no, two hand grippers. A rustless chain intricately woven into a Herculean frame. A masterpiece, truly. You sure know your stuff, Connie. How, how do you know my name? Uh, because, well, by your name tag, of course. Name tag? But that only has my last Say, what does this thing do here? The, the tire? Oh! <laughs> no, 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 that, of course. <laughs> I meant the, this, this right here. That's the brake lever. Brake lever? Ah, are you the bike expert on staff, uh, Miss Bozeman? Just your run-of-the-mill assistant manager. Really? I never would have thought... And somehow, you know all of the... You truly are spectacular at your job, Miss Bozeman. Why that? Thank you, sir. Don't mention it. You deserve recognition. It's not every day I encounter someone so learned. Truly, thank you. Now, what do you say I ring this rambler up for you? Sure, sure. Yep, yep. Say, 
I know you're probably busy climbing the rungs of Rackmarble with your indelible serviceability and vast skill set. But my employer is having a whale of a time finding someone with half your aptitude to fill out a role within the company. Now, this may be a bit forward of me to ask, but... Would you be open to an interview with us? Us? Us who? Am, am I on one of those online prank videos? Prank video? Of course not. I, I'm not the one to pull your chain. This isn't some crude game show. There's certainly no hidden cap... <clears throat> um, I meant to say no. This isn't a prank. I'm genuinely interested in bringing you in for an interview. Did... Did the manager put you up to this? I mean, you're not from corporate, are you? Me? Work for Rackmart? I would never debase myself so... I mean, I mean, no, of course not. I work for a prestigious organization. We're located just outside of town, so I don't see it being too taxing on your commute. That is, if you decide to join us. Yeah, that sounds great and all, but I'm going to need a little more information than that. I mean... I've heard men call Hooters a prestigious organization. No, we're certainly not affiliated with the Audubon Society. We're a charity organization of sorts. We'd love to have you in at, say, 11 for an interview. Can I get a little more information? A mission statement or something? M mission statement? I... Mm, we... Uh, here, uh, take this. It has everything you need to know. Just just remember. Interview at 11. Severance Incorporated. Hey, this only has the name and address. Hey! Sir, didn't you... Sir, didn't you want this bicycle? Oh, forget it. So, Severance Incorporated, huh? That was difficult to watch. Well... It's never easy watching someone get duped like that. But that's precisely what our field agents are trained to do. There's no way she shows up to that interview. It's an absolute guarantee, Secretary. We just don't draw these subjects from a hat. There's some arduous research that goes into the selection process. What sort of research? We require a certain level of desperation in our subject. Let's take subject 2496G, for example. Single. Still underwater on a seven-year car loan for a $2,000 Ford Fiesta. Works a $12 an hour job to pay off her degree in public administration and shared studio apartment. We could have sent her an invitation in a piss-soaked envelope, and she'd still show up for the interview. Stu's just what we call insurance. Stu is the carrier and conspirator. He gives them that little extra nudge if they're taking too long on the high dive. He definitely earns his company car, condo, and expense account. Wouldn't you say? Company car? Condo? Stu? I'd be herding her into the building like a sheepdog with those benefits. That performance of his is what passes for excellence around here? I don't expect you to understand, Secretary. It's still your first day. Everything will make sense to you in time. When in Rome wasn't filmed in a day. The job description didn't indicate that all this secrecy would be part of my clerical duties. 
Procedural changes equals progress, some say. Hmm. Well, I'm still at a complete loss as to what it is that's actually going on here. Can't say you haven't piqued my interest, though, despite the flat-out fucking dippy approach to recruiting this girl. And what is it that that girl said in the end there? Reverence Incorporated? Severance, though I suppose Reverence Incorporated would have made a bit more sense. How so? Hmm, what? No, I didn't say anything. Don't you have a meeting about filing cabinets or something right about now? Staff directory review. But yeah, I should be off, I suppose. Wait, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so curt. How about you report back here at 11 tomorrow? Or for the interview with subject 2496G. I promise it will be, it will be like Greece 2 was to its predecessor. Even worse? You can continue your note-taking. And besides, I pay closer attention to the monitors when I'm explaining the mission to a newbie. Uh, yeah. Sure beats collating heavily redacted reports and processing luncheon expenses. Oh, no, don't worry. I won't be altering any of your current workflow. This can be interpreted as a more of a internal internship. Of course it is. But what the hell? I need something to fill the void between seasons of Callie the Adolescent Exorcist. Great. It's settled then. We can exercise your calligraphy. Okay, I have to go now. Of course. Whoops, almost forgot. <clears throat> Subject 2496G, observation terminal signing out. This has been Corporate Punishment Episode 1, The Setup. The Overseer was voice acted by Frank Guglielmelli, with little bits by Van Riker. His secretary was voice acted by Rosanna Jimeno. Connie was played by Caitlin Curtis, and the whacked out customer with the razors was Catherine Skinner. Our store manager was voice acted by Blake Benlin. Stu was voice acted by Spencer Frederick. Production, music, sound design is by Daniel French at Fishbonia Sound Design. Thank you for joining us on another story in the spectral streams. Until next time, keep your cosmos clean. <laughs>